everyone, and welcome to One Meal, One Workout, your new approach to food and fitness. My name is Mark Cockrell, and I am um, a podcasting guy, so to speak. Uh, I have a, a podcast network, network called Element Opie Productions. My friend uh, Sean Keibel and I have been uh, doing a uh, podcast uh, for just over a year now called uh, The Tightwad Tech. It's a, uh, a show about uh, education technology. And uh, so you might wonder how uh, education technology and um, uh, health and fitness come to go together, and the answer is they really don't, other than uh, for podcasting purposes. Uh, we've been looking to uh, expand our brand for uh, a little while in terms of, of adding new shows, and um, this is a subject that is uh, of some importance to me, as uh, like millions of Americans uh, in the country, I am uh, a fat guy and have been since pretty much the day I was born. It's been something I have dealt with. I've, I've dieted. I've, I've made changes. I've lost weight. I've gained weight. I'm sure that's a familiar story. Uh, my friend Aaron, who I will introduce you to in just a moment, uh, has been doing some pretty amazing things in his own life in terms of, of, um, not just losing weight, but being a healthier person. And I've been following him for a while. And at some point, uh, in the recent past, I asked him if he would be interested in doing a podcast on our network and hence the one meal, one workout podcast podcast was born. And so uh, uh, let me introduce you to Aaron Butler and let him tell you a little bit about himself and uh, about our show. Thanks, Mark. Appreciate that. I'm very, very excited to be here today. Like Mark said, it's been over just over a year since I started this whole journey. And I am always surprised by the number of people who ask me, how'd you do it? What'd you do? How'd you do it? What'd you do? Because everybody wants to know. There's, there's a million weight loss plans out there and exercise programs programs and diets and things like that. But when you run into somebody who's actually lost some weight and they're not on a TV show, um, they're not somebody that, that you don't know, but somebody you do know and you want to know what they did um, and find out how they did it. So as I kind of went through these things in my own mind, I, I kind of started gelling it down to a, a few key ingredients I felt like that I might be able to share with people and help them maybe see some of the same successes I've seen. And so that's where this all came from, the whole one meal, one workout. And we'll get into details about what that is in a minute. But I'm 42 years old. I have been a heavy guy my whole life, just like Mark uh, as well. I grew up in Texas, lived there until about four years ago. And when I transplanted to Atlanta for a job, I work at Piedmont Healthcare doing uh, IT stuff for them. <clears throat> and as so many people that have desk jobs, I uh, was leading a 100% sedentary life. And was really out of shape and was not going very well. So, uh, Mark, as he said, we've known each other for, for 20 years plus, met in college. He had the podcast going and we started talking about it. And I thought, man, this is a great opportunity if, if we can put this out there and make it accessible to people where they can, uh, easily listen to the content, put it on their iPod or their phone while they're out walking and getting active. That'll be even better. So, uh, again, I'm very, very excited. So, Without a whole whole lot more babbling, you know, I can't give you a no babble guarantee because I'm a babbler. Um, I just want to jump right in and, and talk about kind of where I started. I was in high school. I was a I was a pretty big guy in high school, probably about 265. I didn't look 265, or at least I I like to tell myself I didn't look 265. Uh, every year, work on the farm, around the house, dad on on the equipment and things like that. I would I'd slim down a little bit over the summer, and then. Come the school year, get a little more sedentary, gain about 20 pounds back. I did that 
sophomore year, junior year, senior year, high school, freshman year of college, sophomore year of college, junior year of college, senior year, first senior year of college. I had, had three senior years of college. Took me six years to get my degree. Aaron, um, let, let me interrupt, interrupt you for just a moment and sort of set the stage. Uh, Aaron's said he was 265 pounds, but you're also, what, 6'3"? 6'1", 6'1". Okay. Uh, Aaron's not a small man, uh, and no, so no. at 265 pounds, he's not exactly a porker walking around, but he is heavier no, was, than he should be. Yeah, I was, I, was, uh, I was what most people would refer to as stocky. Right. You know, the, the football coaches were always trying to recruit me. I was a big guy, you know, worked on the farm, so I was fairly muscular um, for, for somebody who did that kind of work. But then... Uh, where I was leading to with that is my fourth year of college, I, as I saw how long it was taking me to finish being a music major at the time, I decided to do summer school. So I didn't go home. I stayed and went to school for the entire summer. And the 20 pounds that I gained that previous year didn't go away. In fact, I put on another 20 and then another 20 and then another 20. And so fast forward uh, from college till last year, I'm 42 years old. I am bumping 400 pounds. I don't want to, you know, the 400 is kind of scary. You don't want to say you're 400 pounds if you've never gotten to 400 pounds. That's where you don't, you don't want to talk about that number. So I want to say I was 375. I was probably closer to four. And there was a couple of things that kind of all came together uh, to make me really want to make some changes. Now, like Mark was saying, I had tried multiple diet plans. Every time I saw any fitness thing on TV, I was like, tomorrow I'm starting to work out. I'm going to order that P90 seconds and do it. I'm going to do whatever. And um, it just didn't work. I mean, I, I tried and start, stopped and started and stopped over and over. And Mark, I, like you were saying, it's the same kind of thing. But uh, three things kind of all came together at once. One, my son was turning four and he was getting active, active, active. He's super high energy. Uh, I'd I, don't doubt that he'll probably interrupt us at some point still, even though he's been told not to multiple times. Um, and I saw myself not being able to coach his little league team or play basketball with him or anything like that. I could barely bend over, you know, almost 400 pounds. I was getting where bending over, picking something off the ground was very uncomfortable. That was one thing. Second thing, had my employee physical at work and my blood sugar came back bad. Uh, it was pretty much diabetic levels. I didn't want to call myself diabetic. You know, I was in denial, but. Uh, it was diabetic levels, and we'll talk about the hemoglobin A1C at some future episode and, and what that is and why you should know what it is and what yours should be and how to watch for it if you're overweight. But mine was bad. It was it was diabetic. And so I had those two things happen. And then the previous year, uh, in December of '09, my sister, Teresa, who's who's about 10 years older than me, had passed away from lung cancer. And when she was diagnosed with lung cancer, she did everything that she could for about the year and a half that she had left to be healthy. She ate right. She exercised. She, I mean, she did everything. She took all the medications they told her to make, take. She did everything she could do. And still, she had her health stolen by disease. And then you got me, who has been abnormally healthy his entire life, pretty much had no problems. And the only things I have wrong with me, high blood pressure, high blood sugar, soreness in joints, all that stuff is because I'm fat. I eat too much, and I don't move around enough. And so I felt like I was just wasting that gift of health that I had. I wasn't being a good steward of, of that gift of good health that I had. And so those three things all came together. I got that blood sugar score back and I just came home and told my wife, I've declared war on sugar and uh, I'm going to make some changes. And I started walking. I went outside and walked one night. So fast forward a year later, just to kind of jump way ahead without doing anything crazy. I haven't done anything super radical. Uh, I've started walking and, and running 
and changed my eating habits some. Some as of last Saturday, I've lost 131 and a half pounds. So my weight Saturday morning was 243 and a half pounds. So that's pretty significant. And that's if you say I started at 375 in um, just under one year. Just under one year, exactly. So I felt like that. You know, I tell people they say. Uh, well, Aaron, you did it the hard way, meaning that I didn't use any uh, medications. I didn't have surgery. I didn't join any kind of programs. Yes and no. I did it the I did it what I think is the easy way, but really I, what I'm saying is the simple way. Losing weight might be hard, but it's not complex. It may not be easy, but it is simple. And so that's the kind of things I want to talk about um, over the next weeks and months and years as the podcast explodes and takes over the world. Uh, is what did I learn in that year and how can I help other people do the same things? Now, one meal, one workout is really a philosophy. And Mark, feel free to interrupt me and jump in because uh, I could I could talk about this for hours because I'm, I'm really passionate about it. It's more a philosophy. It's an approach to food and fitness. It's not a particular diet plan or exercise plan. I don't care if you do P90X, Insanity, Zumba, uh, Turbo, running, walking, jogging, cross-country skiing, curling, uh, sledding. It doesn't matter. I really don't, I really don't care. I don't care if you do uh, a particular diet plan. If you want to do the South Beach to help you get started, or if you want to do, uh, um, you know, Weight Watchers, which is actually a, a pretty good program. It doesn't really matter. It's more about in your head in the approach toward food and fitness. And so when I started, 150 pounds is what I, I set out to really lose. And Wrapping your mind around losing 150 pounds is just too much to grasp. Uh, um, even for most people, losing 25 pounds seems insurmountable. <clears throat> and so as I started doing this, I started thinking about this one meal, one workout, one meal, one workout. And what it really means, one of my friends said, does that mean you have to work out every time you have a meal? I said, no, it's not a one meal to one workout ratio. What I'm saying is that I approach it one meal at a time and one workout at a time. So literally today, all I have to worry about is eating dinner tonight and trying to eat healthy, healthier, as healthy as I can. Not It's not anything crazy or, or drastic. It's just about approaching dinner tonight with a mindset of I need to eat healthy. I need to watch what I'm eating. I need to be mindful of what I'm doing with the food I'm putting in my mouth. And then the workout thing is really about making a mental switch to where your workout becomes something that's non-negotiable with yourself. And so all I have to worry about is my next scheduled workouts tomorrow night, 8 o'clock. That's when I'm going to go run. I just got to get myself out the door at 8 o'clock tomorrow night. Now, you take a string of those healthier meals, a string of those more active sessions, you put them together, 365 days of them, and you have 130 pounds of weight loss. That's, that's really the, the, the gist of it. One thing I wanted to, uh, to throw in there to sort of set the tone is you'll notice – uh, it, just in the intro of this show, as we've talked about it, uh, there's a certain honesty that has to happen with a person before any of these things can happen. If you're still walking around calling yourself, uh, pleasingly plump or husky or overweight, you're not, you're not ready to lose weight. You gotta, yeah. you gotta be honest. You gotta look at your life, uh, honestly and say, I'm a fat guy and I don't want to be a fat guy anymore. Let's fix yep. this. And in fact, in our in our forums on our, our website, Aaron's uh, uh, username is former fat guy. And what a great uh, tag, right? I, I'm not fat anymore. I'm former fat, and that's a that's right. a pretty big thing. Well, you, you know, the, uh, like I said earlier to you, Mark, um, I'm not afraid to use the F word on this show, and that that word is fat. We we do we couch it in terms. Most fat people, 
myself included, at some level of denial. Um, I've actually kind of written about this in the past where um, you get some some uh, some incorrect body image, but it's not like a bulimic or anorexic where they think they're fat and they need to lose weight. It's the other way around. I would forget how fat I was until I was presented with how fat I was. Until I looked in the mirror uh, or didn't fit in a chair or broke a chair or had to go shopping and buy clothes that were now large, a size larger than they were last time. You just kind of, you, you live with what you're, what you're in and it becomes normal for you and your normal, your, your threshold of normal gets pushed further and further down the road. So there is, there definitely has to be a moment where you say, okay, this, this isn't just my three o'clock in the morning cookie binge that I'm doing and I'm seeing Tony Horton on there doing P90X. And I'm going to make that change tomorrow. This is more about a long-term lifestyle change. Everybody else throws that word out there. You don't want to diet. You got to be a lifestyle change. Well, there really is some truth to that. And so, uh, today, one thing I want to just kind of touch on is the whole idea of the one meal, one workout. One of the, the fundamentals behind it is grace versus law. Uh, I, I'm a Christian. Uh, no Mark's a Christian. This is not a te- technically a Christian podcast by any means. It's, it's about food and fitness. But one of the kind of overriding principles, principles of the Bible is law, which is like the Old Testament law where you had to do A, B, C, D, and E to be okay versus grace, which is New Testament covenant, which is where, uh, you know, Jesus died for the sins of the world. And if you accept that sacrifice, you can receive forgiveness and you can receive salvation. There's a whole different thing. One is about doing something and doing it perfectly. And the other one's about accepting who you are and admitting your mistakes and receiving help and salvation from an outside source. Most diet plans are law. You must do A, B, C, and D. If you don't, you're bad. And that really doesn't work because we're going to make mistakes and we're going to eat bad. I mean, Saturday, I'll be honest with you, I had Waffle House for breakfast, Pizza Hut for lunch, and Wendy's for dinner. <laughs> that doesn't sound like a, a health and fitness guru, um, uh, podcast guru guy's uh, Saturday meal plan, but that's what I ate. And that's what that's But I made healthier choices than I would have made a year ago. Probably ate a third of the calories I would have ate a year ago, but still. I mean, we have bad days. We, we miss a workout here or there. But the difference is I used to say, okay, I'm going to start working out on Monday. Tell me if you've ever done this before, Mark. After the holidays, I'm going to start working out. That's right. Come January 1st, I'm going to start working out. But, the you know, Groundhog month, Day is a holiday, too. And yeah. then then St. Patrick's Day is a holiday. And then you've right. got uh, uh, Mother's Day is a holiday. Exactly. Well, I, I would I would go work out tonight, but – um. I really need to go home and make sure that somebody hasn't messaged me on Facebook. Right. And, and once I get home, I'm probably not going to make it back out. You know, we come up with, there's a million excuses. There's as many excuses as there are, uh, as there are weight loss, um, uh, weight, weight loss needs out you know, there. You and I are both from the South, right? So the weather is a constant, um, oh, yeah, it's excuse. Too hot. It's, it's too hot and then it's too cold. Right. And it's and, raining. And, and then or it's, or it's too dry. And then it's like, well, I only get a couple of days of beautiful weather. Why would I waste it working out? You know, <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, so um, the whole thing is, is you have to allow yourself to fail and you have to take on- long ongoing failure out of the picture as an option. So if I go tonight after this podcast, we record it and I go in there and Cheryl's made something incredibly awesome for dinner, which she is. She's making some kind of stuffed pork shops, things that look great. And I can smell them cooking right now. I asked her when it was going to be ready. And she said, well, after you were starting your show. And I was like, oh, uh. So anyway, if I go in there and I eat two of those, and I should only eat one, and I eat an extra helping of potatoes, and I should have only eaten one, you know what? That's fine. I'm not off the plan, quote unquote, because there isn't a plan. 
there, I, I, all I've got to do is next meal, go into it with some gusto about eating better. So, you know, the whole thing is if you can take your, your weekly diet, let's say, for example, I used to eat, and I'm probably not overestimating, four to 5,000 calories a day, which is a, a large amount. I mean, almost four. Uh, just I wanted to say I when I sat down uh, uh, about a, a year before I actually started uh, uh, trying to lose weight, I took a very measured approach to it. I, I spent a year just examining what I eat and why I eat and 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 that sort of thing, and I came up at about six thousand calories a day. So, well, it, it takes a lot. I used to t- I used to joke when I was fat and tell people, um, if I don't if I don't eat four or five thousand calories a day, I start wasting away. And, and I said that jokingly and kind of to be self-deprecating, but it's the truth. You, you got to eat a lot to, to remain, to maintain that high weight. And people talk about the metabolism goes down and, and we'll, we'll discuss some of those things in the future. And there is some truth to that. But the truth is I was eating four or 5,000 calories a day. And all I had to do was take that and bring it down to a more measurable um, goal. Now, if, if I take my 5,000 calories a day times seven days, that's 35,000 calories a week, and I can shave it down to 25,000 calories a week, I'm going to see some weight loss. And if that's still eating a lot, right? That's eating a ton. So my goal right now is I actually shoot for about 2,000 calories a day. I picked that for two reasons. One, it's a big round number. And two, everything you look at on the back of every label is the USDA recommended 2,000 calorie diet. So it was simple. Uh, it wasn't a big science behind it. I don't know that 2,000 calories is the perfect amount for me, but I, I, I approach it that way. I don't count calories every day. I don't keep a food journal. Um, but what I did at the beginning of it was I started looking at the things that I habitually eat because everybody eats about the same 20 or 25 things over and over and over. Uh, I looked at those 20, 25 things. I found the ones that were super high calorie and bad for me. I tried to eliminate some of those. I found the ones that were okay for me, tried to figure out ways to eat less of those. And I tried to replace those bad things with some better things. And what I found is as I've done that, my overall calorie intake just went down. Um, and if you burn 500 calories a day, more than you eat, you will lose a pound a week. That's just the simple math of it. If you burn 500 calories a day, more than you eat, you will lose a pound a week every week for 50 weeks. And if you continue to do that, you will continue to lose weight. I've got a whole show planned about the plateau effect and the myth of the plateau effect and all that. We'll get into that later. So I don't want to overwhelm you with facts and numbers and details and parts of the plan and things like that tonight. I just want to, I want to go talk about one quick analogy, which I call the car gas analogy. I don't know if I'm, if anybody's ever, I'm sure somebody's used this analogy before. I don't know that I've heard it somewhere expressed this particular way, but this is how, um, this is what the car gas analogy is to me. If I have a car and it has a 10-gallon tank, and that 10-gallon tank equates uh, to, to us, and I drive it, I go to the, to the gas station, I put 10 gallons of gas in it, and I drive it enough to burn 8 gallons of gas, and I go back to the gas station. Now, most of us would put 8 gallons of gas in our car at that point. Is that correct, Mark? That would what the normal person would do. They'd fill up their tank, put 8 gallons back in because they have 8 gallons missing. Exactly. Right. But as, as a fat guy, what I would do is I would go back to the gas station and put 10 gallons of gas in my car. Now, only eight would fit in the tank and the other two would have to go in the trunk. And at this point, if you, if you if I was on video and you saw me, I would be pointing at my derriere or my belly. That's my trunk. So I store that two gallons of gas because I might need it. And I go drive for eight gallons. I go drive and burn eight gallons of gas again. I go back to the gas station and I put in 10 gallons of gas and two more go in the trunk. So now I've got four gallons in my trunk. 
and I've got a 10-gallon tank full, and I go do the same thing again. I do that process over and over. Well, as I'm carrying around more and more weight in my trunk, my gas mileage is getting worse and worse, and my trip that burned 8 gallons eventually burns 10 gallons because I'm carrying so much weight. And then what happens is I put 10 gallons in my tank every time because it's always on empty. And I, But I'm carrying around that 30 gallons of gas in my trunk. And that, that's exactly what we do. We, we reach an equilibrium like Mark's found for himself and I found for myself at whatever our calorie intake is and our activity level. And that's where we stop losing weight. And then if is we continue to eat the same way and exercise the same amount, we'll kind of plateau. And there's that word again and stay there to get rid of that. You, all you've got to do is simply drive your car to, uh, to burn eight gallons of gas, come back to the gas station, only put six gallons in. Well, now you're two gallons shy. You go, you burn the six gallons of gas that you put in there. You're two gallons short. You pull a couple of gallons out of the trunk and you burn that. And that's basically, that's, that's the simple math of losing weight. You've got to burn the stored gas, the stored fuel, the stored food, uh, in your daily activity. So you can do that a couple of ways. You can drive further, which is being more active, or you can put less gas in your tank. And, and ideally so, both. And that's exactly what I did. I did both. And so, I'm not quote unquote on a diet. Everybody has a diet, which by definition are the things that they eat habitually. That's my diet. But I'm not on a plan that I will one day get off of. I've just changed generally the way I eat, and I plan on generally eating that way for the rest of my life. I'm not doing uh, a certain workout plan for 90 days to lose to get ripped abs because my abs will never be ripped. <laughs> I will forever be covered by the extra skin that I've grown over the years. But I'm, I'm not doing that 90 day plan to get ripped abs, and then I'm off the plan. I've kind of set some active activity goals and some things I like to do to be more active, and I'm planning on doing those as long as I'm physically able to do them. And so, in a nutshell, that's it. You take your current diet and you find ways to decrease your calorie intake. You take your current activity level, you find ways to increase your activity level. And those things that I'm mentioning will be the things we discuss over the next weeks. And then eventually you come upon a place of, uh, where your activity level and your food level bring you back down to what is a healthy weight for you. There's all kinds of benefits from being active regardless of your weight level. Um, and we can talk about some of those in the future too, but, the the big thing is is approaching it from both aspects. They work hand in glove, and uh, and I've seen in my own life it really has not been that hard. I know people have, have had somebody tell me you're you're kidding when I said it hasn't been that hard. It hasn't been that hard. I, I, the thing I kick myself about it the most is I didn't do it 20 years ago, and it took some mental um, toughness, you know, with my son getting older with my. My, the reality of my stats from my employee physical and, and losing my sister for me to snap out of it. But I'm hoping maybe I can help some other people. I can be something that helps other people snap out of it without having to have be confronted by, by uh, such a tragic thing as the loss of a loved one. Now, Aaron, I'm going to speak for, there's somebody out there uh, right now sitting in their car or uh, um, or somewhere and they're listening to this and they're calling you a quack and they're they're going to quote uh, Dr. Adkinson or, or, or Taubes uh, or some of these guys who say, calories don't matter, you idiot. Don't you know any better? It's all about insulin levels and carbs and all that sort of stuff. Um, and I think I will uh, speak for you properly when I say all we're going to talk about on this show is what we've actually done. It's not going to be about theory or science or what should be right. It's what has worked for you and for the guests on the show, what has worked for them. That's exactly right. Now, I will admit I am not a nutritionist. Uh, I'm not a dietitian. But I will tell you that 
I understand basic math <laughs> and I understand how a combustion engine works. And there is some truth to the types of food you eat tend to do certain things in your body and blood sugar levels and all that kind of stuff. I mean, it's true. Obviously, there's science behind that. But if you burn more calories than you eat, you will lose weight. I don't think there's any, I don't think Dr. Atkins or anybody would challenge me on that. If you're burning more calories than you eat, if, if you can, if you can find a way to burn more calories than you're eating, then you are a perpetual motion machine and we need to harness your energy to power the planet because you've, you've done the impossible. Uh, so yeah, exactly. And there everything are the, the other, everything, everything that I will share from my own personal experience will be my personal experience. I'm, I'm not going to take something from somebody else. I will have other guests on the show that will share their experiences and their knowledge, but I, I won't be taking uh, I won't be sharing part of the Atkins diet as as my philosophy right. or something like that. And if you break down any diet plan, right, whatever it might be, whether it's, uh, you know, some sort of surgery to reduce the size of your stomach or uh, cutting out all carbs or uh, a vegetarian diet where you eat no fat, wh- whatever it is, if you break all of those down to the elemental level, the end result is a reduction in calorie intake. It's that's true. It's not, that's absolute true. There are different ways to go about reducing your calorie intake, but the end result of all diets, all uh, I'm I'm going to save you lots of money at the bookstore right now. If you're walking around in that bookstore listening to this podcast, stop. Don't go to the self help section. Stop. All diets consist of reducing your calorie intake. All right. Yeah. That's all there is to it. <laughs> now, so, like you said, it's not easy, but it's simple. It is. It is very simple. It's funny at work, uh, you know, after I lost about 30 pounds, people started noticing my clothes were fitting a little looser. And I had people say, so Aaron, what are you doing? And I would say, I'm, I'm doing the Ellen method. And their eyes would kind of perk up and they're like, oh, the Ellen method. What's that? And I said, I would say E-L-E-M, Ellen, eat less, exercise more. And almost without exception, they'd go, oh. Right. They don't want to hear that. <laughs> no, <laughs> it was funny. I mean, they were disappointed, le- legitimately disappointed. Uh, and it really is. It's eat less, exercise more. That's my other kind of mantra. One meal, one workout, eat less, exercise more. And so, you know, I, I don't want to belabor that point tonight. Now, it is the name of the podcast. It is the name of my website, one meal, one workout.com. It's the number one, not O-N-E, because if you put O-N-E, it looks like one me alone workout, uh, <laughs> one meal, one workout.com. It, that's the whole premise behind that. It's just the simplicity of going back to, um, healthier eating habits and a more active lifestyle. And so, I do uh, want to mention your, as you just said, your, your website. This podcast does not stand alone. This podcast is a part of your overall, um, uh, media presentation and, and you're, you're building that as we go. And I, I expect there will probably be, you know, uh, publications of some sort in the future. But for now, it's, it's a website. It's a, it's a, uh, uh, a podcast. It's a series of events, uh, that you're working on sponsoring. Uh, one meal, one workout is, is a full package. This podcast is just one part of it. Right. And there is also um, www.facebook.com forward slash one meal, one workout if you want to find me there. Uh, but yeah, it's I'm, I'm doing everything I can to get the word out that there is hope. doesn't matter if you're 150 pounds overweight. Uh, there is hope. And that it's not as hard as it seems to be. Uh, I guarantee you, and I, I'm just putting this out there, Mark, and I may get people calling me quack about this. If you're 50 pounds or more overweight um, and you make two, and you're, let's just say you're 50 pounds or more overweight and you're sedentary, and you make two concrete changes to your diet 
in the sense of you cut out Coke and maybe you quit eating a candy bar every day and you become active for 30 minutes, three times a day, three times a week, excuse me, three times a day would be even better, but three times a week, you will be amazed in just two weeks what will happen to your body. The, in the, about the first month, I, I was losing five, seven, eight pounds a week. Easy. And I wasn't doing anything crazy. I was walking a couple of miles, two or three days a week at a, at a fairly brisk pace. And I quit drinking two gallons of sweet tea and I quit eating double meat cheeseburgers and large order fries and giant Dr. Peppers. I cut out my 5,000 calorie meals and tried to pare them down to a thousand. And it just was melting off of me. And I was like, this is, this is amazing. And it, it, it was that simple. And just to give you a little, a little more about me, as I said, I'm, a, I'm a fat guy on this journey with you. Um, uh, in December of 2010, uh, I had to special order a scale that would go up high enough to measure me. Um, that's a thing when you, when you get really fat, you can honestly say, I don't know how much I weigh because most bathroom scales stop at 300. Some go to 350, right? And right. Aaron, you were in the same boat, right? You didn't, you didn't really know you're guesstimating, right? Somewhere around 375. <laughs> well, well, I got, we got a digital scale that will actually go up high enough, but, um, I had just, for some reason I just let the batteries go dead in that thing. And I wasn't <laughs> that motivated about replacing them. I don't know. Uh, so I bought a digital scale and I stepped on that thing and I was 505 pounds. Uh, now I'm 6'4". Uh, I'm a big guy. Uh, so 505 pounds, you look at me and you see there's a fat guy, but you don't think, oh my God, he weighs a quarter of a ton. But I do. All right. Uh, and so I began thinking really hard about how uh, we can make some of these changes. And uh, it, it's now uh, June, so six months later, uh, I'm down to about 445 pounds. So I've awesome. lost 60 pounds. Now, because I was so big, nobody's asking me what I'm doing to lose weight. In fact, it takes a scale <laughs> to know the difference, right? When you're that big, 60 pounds doesn't mean much. And it's kind of frustrating, to be honest, um, because I'm not losing. I'm not. If, if my wife lost 60 pounds, um, she would be, you know, on the cover of a magazine. Uh, I lose 60 pounds and it's barely noticeable. But that's because I had been putting two extra gallons in my gas tank for a long, long time. Right. It's all about the percentages. Right. Yeah, that's and you know that's sixty pounds is, is nothing to laugh at or sneeze at or or I mean that's that's a great accomplishment in six months ten pounds a month for six months that's two and a half pounds a week so you've been you've been hitting uh you know a, a thousand calorie a day deficit for the last six months and that's fantastic you know the um I just want to take a minute I, I haven't really thrown these kind of stats out I I've put some stuff on Facebook as I've hit some milestones of weight and things like that. But just to give those of you out here that are listening an idea of how big I was and where I'm at now. And if you want to go to one meal, one workout.com, there is a, over on the right, there's a link that says bio. There's a couple of pictures of me there from Christmas of 09 when I weighed about 375, 380, 385. I don't know. The most I ever saw on a scale was 388 a couple of years ago um, to one that I, I guess I took a month ago when I was actually in, in a race um, a 5k race here in, in the Atlanta area. And you can see the difference in the pictures. But, uh, when I started, I had a pair of jeans. I had one pair of jeans that I had bought to wear because I spoke at church one Sunday. I needed something to wear. And so I bought a pair of jeans. They were, were 56s. And that's the kind of guy were, Aaron is. Jeans is dressing up for Aaron. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Otherwise, it's shorts. I was, they were 56s and they were pretty snug on me when I got them. Just being honest. Uh, my belt was a 60. Um, I wore, I snuck into 4X shirts. My 4X shirts were fitting me comfortably. Uh, they weren't getting quite snug yet, but they weren't loose by any means. 
And so now, um, a year later, I have a pair of jeans that I will wear this Friday probably that are 40s that are a little loose on me around the waist. So I've lost over 16 inches in my waist. I, I can comfortably wear an extra large shirt. I, I can squeeze into a large, but you don't want me to. Um, and so my belt, I've added, I think, 13 or 14. I got it right here. Let me just count. Let me count real fast. Started out with the original, I guess it had seven notches originally, and I've added one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, ten notches to it. And I'm wearing it on that tenth one. I just added one last week. And so I've had some serious, measurable physical changes in my body. I've had people that I haven't seen in a year and a half that actually did not recognize me. I had to reintroduce myself to them, uh, at people at work that were acquaintances. And so if you would have asked me on this day, June, what's the day? The 15th, Mark? Yes. If you'd asked me on June 15th of 2010, Aaron, how much will you weigh on June 15th of 2011? I would have said probably about 375 pounds. I had been that weight for about 10 years. I would not have said 245 pounds. I, there's just no way I could have fathomed it. And so I'm just telling you right now, if, if you're that person out there that may be listening to this or maybe my friends and you're listening and you've been overweight, you know, a long time and wondering if you can make a change in one year, you can significantly change your health, your quality of life and just your overall uh, physical being in one year drastically. You see those guys on uh, biggest loser and the new and extreme makeover, you know, uh, weight loss edition. I mean, that's the real deal. They're doing it in a little bit different manner than I'm talking about, but you can really make a change in a year. And a year's not that long. I mean, it seems like it's a long time when you're five years old, but when you're 40, it's, it's not that long. <laughs> okay, so tell us what uh, we could expect in the shows as they come up. Uh, we've obviously uh, talked about the philosophy and the attitude. Uh, tell us a little bit about the mechanics. Yeah, like I said the other day, um, same attitude, different fatitude. I described myself to somebody. But uh, what we're going to be seeing in the future is I've got some uh, guests lined up. Um, our next episode, we're going to have a uh, longtime friend of mine, Adam Brown from Tyler, Texas, will be on the show. Adam is one of those guys who has made a change in his life. He was never a big, huge guy, but he was just an average Joe. He was, I call him the everyman fitness guru. That's how I refer to him. Um, uh, several years ago, he just decided, I want to be healthy. And he started eating better and being more active. And I just want to get him on the show and talk about how he did that and what he's doing and why he's doing it and how he stays motivated. So that's an example. Then we'll have, uh, I've got, a uh, some physicians lined up. I've got, uh, I've got some other people, other former fat guys that tell how they did it and, and what motivated them. So we'll have some real life people on here besides just me talking about weight loss success and being healthier. Um, and they've all done, all the people I have lined up have done it a little dip, bit different way. So, uh, like I said, originally, I'm not about a particular diet plan or a particular type of exercise. I, I want to educate on everything. And then the last uh, kind of segment we'll be seeing on the show periodically, maybe not weekly, but at least every other week, is what I'm calling my pilot program. And that's where I put a little feeler out on Facebook and said, if you're 50 pounds or more overweight and you're interested in, in kind of hearing what I've done, uh, let me know and we'll talk about it. And I had about 17 or 18 people respond in 24 hours and say, I'd like to do that. So I've got a few people lined up who are kind of drinking the Kool-Aid, as they say, um, to let me try to help them apply the same things in their life that I've done in my life. It's sugar-free so Kool-Aid, though. 
it is sugar-free cookies, like zero calorie. Don't drink your calories, people. Don't drink your calories. Uh, from my, t- my friend Terry Baker, she taught me a long time ago. So we'll have some of those people on the show that are actually in the midst of doing what I'm talking about doing that are me a year ago uh, that may need to lose 30 pounds or 50 pounds or 90 pounds and what they're doing that's working and what advice I've given them that they found to be totally useless uh, and just some 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 real feedback from that way. So uh, I'm looking forward to, to getting those on there. I actually got my first call tomorrow night with my, my first test pilot, as I'm calling them, because they're part of the pilot program. I like that. So thank you. I, uh, I'm taking a cue off of Mark's main podcast, the Tightwad Tech. They always end up with a teacher tip of the week and a tech tip of the week. Did I get that right, Mark? Yes, you did. Thank you. Uh, and I'm going to do, since I said before, I have the, the LM method, eat less, exercise more. I've got the eat less tip and the exercise more tip. I'm, I'm going to do this for a few weeks. My eat less tip is simple. Beware calories food. That was my, uh, my uh, Charles Dickens <laughs> ghost of, Chris, of of fatness past. Uh, I'll go back and put some reverb in that when I'm editing it. Thank you. That'd be great. <laughs> uh, be, beware calorie-dense foods. And what I mean by that is, for example, and I've got this in my notes here, you can eat a medium order of Wendy's fries. I love Wendy's fries. They're new ones with the skin on. They're great. You can eat a medium order of Wendy's fries, or you can eat four and a half average size apples. Now, if you were to take those two things and you take the fries and compress them down into a ball, you were to take the apple and compress it down into a four and a half apples into a ball, you would find that the, the medium fries would not occupy the same space. Uh, not only do they have fat and, and the other things that everybody doesn't like, and the fried and all, all that, and they don't have the healthy, wonderful things that fresh fruit has, they just don't fill you up as much. They taste great. I like fries. I eat fries still. But you don't get the same fullness from it. And one of the things that most fat people do is they eat a lot, they have a big stomach, takes a lot for them to feel full. So what I've tried to do is I've tried to spotlight those calorie dense foods in my life and try to lessen them. Um, you know, I had a friend one time that told me you can eat, eat a tablespoon of mayonnaise or a baked potato, you know, that kind of thing. So just be aware. Some of the things you eat may just have a ton of calories per bite that you're eating. And some of the things that you may love, you may be able to eat all those you want. I mean, Weight Watchers made a thing where they changed their process recently. And I believe fruits and vegetables are now zero points. If you know about Weight Watchers, they, they equate different foods to points and you get a certain number of points a day. Um, you can eat all the fruits and vegetables you want in Weight Watchers now pretty much. And, and that's one of the reasons. So you can eat a ton of watermelon. There's hardly any calories in it whatsoever per bite. And so one of my favorite, this is the, the end of the tip here on this, is one of my favorite calorie uh, not dense, not calorie dense foods is pickles. Yes, they have a lot of sodium in them. You don't want to eat too many and they've got some acid and they'll give you, you know, you eat too many of them, might get heartburn. I don't know. Like I said, I'm not a nutritionist, but I know this. After I go walk or run or sweat, I like to eat a pickle. It tastes good. It's got a lot of flavor. It's crunchy and chewy and it has almost no calories. A good sized kosher deal has like five or 10 calories. So have a pickle next time you're hungry instead of a 190 calorie pudding snack. Or something like that. And you'd be amazed. You add a few of those things up over the course of your week, eat 500 less calories, and there goes a pound. So um, jumping right into the tip, exercise tip, and this is really a fundamental. This is not a tip. If you can't tell me when the next time you're going to exercise is, you probably are not going to do it. <laughs> you know, it's the old plan to fail, fail to plan, uh, fail to plan, plan to fail thing. So Take your exercise, figure out when you're most likely to be able to do it. It doesn't have to be 100% again, but 
when you're most likely going to be able to achieve that little bit of exercise to do, whatever it is, and put it on a schedule. Write it down. Stick it on a card on your mirror. Put it, I have mine on my phone every every night that I'm supposed to go uh, supposed to go walk or run. I hear zing, and it's my Google Calendar remind me Monday night run, and I just say, "All right, it's Monday night run. Time to go." I'll watch Chuck when I get back, and I head out the door. And so, you have to make it in your mind as important as your job, if you work or taking care of your family, because that's the way I look at it now. Used to be fitness was just kind of an optional thing. But I don't get up in the morning and think, eh, I don't want to go to work today. I have to go to work. That's how I take care of my family. That's how I provide for them. So I don't allow myself the opportunity to say, eh, I don't feel like working out. That's how I take care of my family. If I'm dead, I can't earn a living. And my life insurance is not that good. It's good, but it's not going to earn. It's not going to pay Cheryl what I'm going to earn over the course of my lifetime. And they would be without their father and husband. So uh, in your mind, I would just encourage you, start making your workout be something that you that you put a lot of uh, value in and make it something you protect. Does that make sense, Mark? Absolutely. Eat a pickle, go walk. To sum it into two sentences. There you go. <laughs> you know, and to, to talk about that and making it as important as your job, uh, you don't decide not to go to work if it's raining outside. Or if you, if you, you know, stayed up a little too late and you're kind of tired, you still get up and go to work. Um, so if, if you equate those two, and if you say, this is one of my jobs, I have a job that gives me a paycheck and I have a job that gives me a long life. Um, and you equate them as the same thing. It changes your mindset dramatically. That's it. Exactly right. Uh, I, I mentioned next week, we've got Adam Brown. And then, uh, the week following that we have a friend of mine and Don Sullivan is going to be on the show. Don's lost. Last time I asked him, he was just shy of a hundred pounds, maybe over a hundred pounds now. And, uh, going to find out how, how he did that and what changes he's made in his life. And we'll probably talk about his new baby, Maggie, who's a few weeks old and real excited for he and Abby with their new baby. And, um, and we're going to talk about the pilot program some more and what that's looking like and how it's shaping up. But uh, I don't want to, I don't want to um, take the entire night of someone who might be listening to this or uh, run, run along on this first episode. So, I think I'm about I'm about ready to wrap it up for tonight, Mark. What do you right. think? Just a programming note: we we mentioned this was being recorded June 15. Uh, it's probably not going to be released for a couple of weeks, and then it will be a weekly show after that. So I'm going to say right around the first of July, the first this show will air, and then you can look forward to uh, a show every week uh, after that. And the way you can subscribe to that is simply go to our website at elementop.com. That's element as in the periodic table of elements, and op is an op Taylor. It's a play on words of LMNOP. It's funny, trust me. Um, so elementop.com, and there'll be a button there that says One Meal, One Workout. You click that, there's a subscribe button under that. If you have an iDevice, uh, iPhone or uh, iPod Touch uh, or iPad, uh, you can click the iTunes button there. If you have another device of uh, of some sort, you can uh, click the subscribe button. There's two buttons either way. It's a one one press process. You will then be subscribed, and your podcast uh, will be downloaded to you every week as it's uh, released. Uh, also, Aaron, how can we contact you if uh, we have uh, anything we want to say? Well, you can email me at Aaron at one meal one workout dot com or or you can, uh, if you're, like I said, if you're a Facebooker, you can go on facebook.com forward slash one meal, one workout and uh, find me through there as well. Um, or if you work at Paces Ferry West in uh, 2727 Paces Ferry West on the ninth floor, I'm in building two. My cube's the third one down just past Bob. Uh, of course, you have to have a badge <laughs> to get in there, but 
Uh, if you are in the building and you walk by, you can say hi to me there. I'll be the guy that used to be really fat and now is just slightly chunky and working toward fit. All right. Well, I think that is going to wrap up this episode of the One Meal, One Workout podcast. Thanks for being with well, us, Aaron. Thank you, Mark. One last thing, as always, before you make any drastic diet or exercise changes, consult your health care provider.